Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode eight. And for this one, we're going to do a little something different. I thought everyone has their best of 2023 list coming out and all those different things. And I'm doing something a little different. I am going to share with you five, five things that I've really grown to love. Now, these aren't just from 2023. These are five things that I don't think have gotten their due, meaning not maybe not enough people know about them. They've been out and around for a while, but for whatever reason, they haven't picked up a tremendous amount of traction or they're just not something that's top of mind with everything else that's been talked about in 2023. And so these are five things that I love and enjoy and I want to share them with you because I think you will too. So and I'm not going to say no particular order. Um, let's start. Shall we kick it off? Number one. Number one is a book. And now this is by someone that people probably don't know the name straight off the top of their head, but they're familiar with this concept of the geodesic dome. And the geodesic dome was designed by one R. Buckminster Fuller. And so this is a book that he wrote called Operating Manual for Spaceship Earth. You know, I don't even know. Oh, it says initially published in 1969. And it was really one of his most popular works. This operating manual for Spaceship Earth is a brilliant synthesis of his worldview. Now, what I love about this book, as I just said, it is a brilliant synthesis. But if you're not familiar with our Buckminster Fuller's work, or he was affectionately known as Bucky, Bucky has a really unique writing style in that the way that he uses vocabulary and strings things together is fascinating. And he's also very prone to making up his own words. So you'll you'll know the, these aren't just completely abstract words. He'll take normal words and and kind of either turn what is a noun into a verb or turn a verb into some noun. Or it, it's just it's fascinating the way he uses language and the concepts that he makes you think about and and ideas put forth in this book in terms of it's really about. Planet Earth and and we as humans, I mean, it talks a bit about this concept of it doesn't really use the term global warming or I should go back and read it again. I, I probably read this once or twice a year. Um, and so I should remember that. But what he does talk about is just how the, you know, the I might even fall into some of his words. I'm going to start making up some own the factorization, meaning all the building of factories and mass producing everything and corporate agriculture. Um, and and kind of its effect on the planet. But this isn't alarmist. This is actually, he's saying, you know, humans are geniuses. Look at all that we've done. Look at the way we use technology and can improve. And and basically, the our ability to innovate, design, create is is unparalleled. That's what we're masters of doing. So it's just more of a, hey, this is something to think about. We're going to, we can, we have all these technological solutions. And he was a big proponent. We have technological solutions already to the big problems that exist out there. Remember, this was written in 69. You know, he was a big thinker. He was, I think he was at Harvard. He may have even gotten kicked out of Harvard as a student once. Um, But then he was at Harvard. And it's just somebody, somebody I don't think gets as much recognition um, anymore as they used to or, or as do. Another really fascinating thing about this, I would say over the last five, 10 years, there was a famous TED Talk about 
kind of the, the downfall of education, what's wrong with the educational system in the United States, what's wrong with the educational system overall. And even back in 1969, so Bucky Fuller has a fascinating take on this. He was basically saying in a nutshell that we are over-focused on specialization in the U.S. and, and, and worldwide, really. And there's a number of reasons for that. And I'm not going to do his argument justice, but basically we're over-focused on specialization and that the key is really allowing people to be generalist, to be creative, to not get so focused and isolated down their own little niche that you can't think of novel solutions to novel problems. Um, I always think about this when I reread this book and kind of talking about factories and, and, and farming and you know something we have going on right now. We hear that the world, that we're running out of arable land, that we're going to soon not have enough Air, new arable land to support life on earth, to support uh, the, the demands that we have for crops and everything else. And in actuality, I mean, that's, that's not true, right? Think back to the 40s, 50s. Think back to just a time when everyone had their own garden. We, what we don't have, we don't have enough arable land to continue necessarily on the path now of mass mechanization, churning out huge crops and massive inputs with fertilizers and tractors and the way things are done on a corporate scale but we absolutely have enough arable land if people would go back to maybe starting to grow some of their own food or grow a lot of their own food i mean i remember our neighbors across the street when i was growing up they elderly couple they had a garden they probably i mean if i had to guess their garden was maybe the size of half a football field i mean what is it it was not an enormous garden but they grew so much in there they canned everything they had food vegetables all through the summer, all through winter, and then they were they were still eating stuff even into that next spring and summer. So this notion that we're running out of arable land is is not the case. It's just we're running out of arable land in the factory setting. And Bucky always makes me think about that. So if you're not familiar with this book, absolutely check it out. Our book, Mr. Fuller, Operating Manual for Spaceship Earth. And I don't know if you can see this. He actually, that's one of his drawings and um, relating to this concept, incidentally, this concept is that the Earth is, we need to treat it like a spaceship because we are on this little ball, this spaceship hurtling through space, and this is the only one we have. So check it out if you're not familiar with it. Number one, our Buckminster Fuller. Number two, kind of trying to decide where we go here. This is one, Stephen King on writing. So if you're not familiar with this book now, I'm not a horror fiction fan. I can't even say I'm a huge Stephen King fan in terms of his writing. I think he has great style. I just haven't read that much of it. I haven't read, I don't think I've really read any of his books. I'm pretty sure The Green Mile, I've watched that movie with Tom Hanks, and I think he wrote The Green Mile, Stephen King did. Stand By Me, another great one. I'm pretty sure that was a Stephen King book but in terms of his horror that's what people think of him about but this book this book is awesome this is his answer or or his piece de resistance on how to be a writer now writing is something i'm obviously fascinating in and I, and I love to read books about writing about how different people approach it i really use them as not only a tool for my own edification and kind of how I should be thinking about the writing process. 
but it's just fascinating to see how other people do it. This book in particular, if you're not familiar with it, Stephen King on writing, absolutely go check it out. He, the beginning starts a bit, it's a little bit of a biography in terms of you learning about his progression as a writer all the way from his childhood through early career. I mean, he was a teacher for a while. He worked in a laundry. He, he just did so many different things. I mean, struggling, struggling, struggling until that first big book purchase came through. And uh, maybe his first advance was like $2,000 or something. And then I can't remember if it was Carrie. I think it was Carrie that really put him on the map. He maybe got a $400,000 advance. And then the rest is kind of history from there. But point being, you're thinking, okay, is this just kind of a bit memoir? But what he really does in this is he connects the dots for you between the impact, the, the life events that he had growing up through his early childhood, how that shaped him, how that turns up and shows back up in his writing. It's actually fascinating. I'm pretty sure it's with Carrie. He talks about there were some people in his high school that actually became the character study or the characters they influenced how how they showed up in the novel and so it's really fascinating to see how he weaves all of that together and then the second half goes into practical advice just advice about being a writer i would say this could be applied to whether you're a writer creator of anything it's basically hey you've got to commit to it it's something you do every day it's something you produce content every day um, he talks about even other writers that he's known and kind of the different approaches. He talks about style. It's pretty interesting. I didn't realize he was a high school English teacher before this. And so he talks about grammatical style, um, what he likes, what he doesn't like. So that's really fun. It's just an honest, straightforward, straight shooter approach, just as you would expect from Stephen King. But if you're not familiar with this, um, even if you're not a writer, if you're just curious, it is, it's just really fun. It's a part biography, part, as I said, style, work ethic, all those different things. So check it out. I think you're going to like it. Now, number three. Wait, I just did number three and held up two fingers. Number three. Oh, baby, I think we got this working. We're back. New setting, new wardrobe. Number three, numero trace. We are going to talk about a podcast, actually, a podcast originally released, I think, way back in 2007, but this is re-released in 2022, and it is, I'll pop this up on the screen here somewhere, maybe here, I don't know, maybe down here, that's pretty fun. Krista Tippett, On Being, it is a episode with the Irish poet, writer, theologian, Celtic mystic, maybe Celtic mystic's not the right word, anyway, John O'Donohue. So, I'll link to this in the show notes. You're definitely going to want to check this out. And what I would recommend is that you sit back, relax, listen to the unedited version of this podcast. John O'Donohue has an unbelievable ability to tell stories, um, bring you into these kind of personal interior spaces to talk about beauty and creativity. He is just an amazing, amazing person when it comes to that. Unfortunately, he passed away way too young. I have a number of his books here. One of his famous ones, Anamkara. Fantastic book. Well worth a read, obviously. I think this was the latest one that he released, but 
This is to bless the space between us. And this is just a book of blessings that he wrote for different events. But really, listen to this podcast between him and Krista Tippett. Literally, I want to pull up the, I don't know if I have it here. I had it open. Let me see if I can find it again. Uh, I'm not going to find it again. Point being, this was literally one of the most beloved podcasts. I think she says the most beloved podcast that they've ever had or ever recorded. And it was probably in 2007. He tells a couple of stories in there, does some readings. But one of these, one of the stories that he tells is literally the quintessential kind of Irish story involving an Irish pub. I'm not going to, I'm not going to blow it for you, but an amazing ability to tell a story, an amazing ability to talk about space, creativity, beauty, kind of bring those things that started to feel a little old fashioned with modern technology coming in and, and just highlight how important they are in the world. So number three, three fingers. That's great. I'm doing it. Number three is a podcast. Again, listen to that. You're going to want to just sit down, maybe sit by a fire, find a quiet space where you're not going to be disturbed. Maybe have a nice cup of tea, a coffee, glass of wine. Just sit back, relax, and listen to John O'Donohue and Krista. Just spin the yarn and envelope you in this in this magic world, the interior world of beauty and creativity. So that's number three. Number four. Number four, I'm, I'm debating about which one to dive into next. I think number four, I want to talk about this book, Napoleon Hill. Now, Napoleon Hill was, his, I think, his peak popularity was probably in the 1930s. He is known as one of the first personal development writers, I would say. I think his popular book, was it Think and Grow Rich? It may have been Think and Grow Rich. Anyway, point being, that book has sold like 30 million copies or something crazy. So he was kind of the, the for lack of a better term, originator of this genre, so to speak. But this book, Outwitting the Devil. Now, the story with this book is he originally wrote it. So his, as I said, he was active in the 1930s. He actually, incidentally enough, was a advisor to the one of the Roosevelt's, Franklin, either Franklin or Theodore, I guess I should do my research and nail these things down, but it's just kind of fun to off the cuff do this. I hope you, hope you like it. Anyway, in the, he, he was an advisor to the president when actually the president was in office. I mean, he was very well known, was tied into all the industrialists, the movers and shakers of, of that era. But his, his popular book came out, I want to say in 38. And then he followed it up and wrote this book, Outwitting the Devil. Interesting thing about this book is it was not released until, um, I, I want to see the exact date of its release. It was actually released after his death. It was published, uh, give me just a second. I'll truncate this out if it takes too long to figure out when this was published. Uh, I want to say in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. And the reason it wasn't published is because it was going to be so controversial when he released it in the 1930s. A lot of the concepts in here, even the concept that you could sit down and have a conversation with the devil in, in the religiosity of the 1930s, 40s, 50s, basically his wife and family begged him not to release it because they thought it would 
just destroy his career. Everyone would think he's a quack, crazy person. And so basically he agreed to them to put the manuscript in the desk drawer and never release it. And until after his death and after their deaths, and he died in, in 1970, as I think it was in the 90s, it was actually released. Now, the beginning of this book, I've listened to both the audiobook and the written version. I'll say the beginning is a little strange and you kind of think, oh, this feels tedious. It's I don't know. It's just weird. It kind of has given you some background about where he was in life at the moment and some things that happened to him leading up to this conversation with the devil. So that's kind of strange. But then when you actually get down to the sit down back and forth conversation with the devil, what it's really about is all of the things in life that hold you back from reaching your your ultimate potential. And the idea here is that the devil uses all of these different tools to cause you to, and in, in, in Napoleon Hill's vernacular, the drifting, the not being focused, not creating the, not living your life to maximum potential, all of those things. So the devil has all these tools and tricks and resources to do that. And one reason, a huge reason it would have been considered majorly controversial is because Napoleon Hill actually points to organized religion as actually helping the devil because his the crux of it really is is anything that that keeps you from thinking and using your own mind and following your own intuition and and direction and pathway so basically it's this idea of anything that makes you drift and in napoleon hill's vernacular drifting is not thinking for yourself not focused perfect example today tv facebook social media all those things would be examples of drifting because it's it's taking your mind and your energy away from a goal that you maybe you set forth or your highest and best use and it's putting into these for lack of a better term mindless activities and it keeps you from achieving your goals basically napoleon hill said religion can do that because it it tells you what to think and doesn't doesn't uh you know focus you to necessarily always move in the direction of your heart it keeps you in these very rigid structures the educational system, interesting that Napoleon Hill points that out. And as we talked about earlier, that was also a big thing that um, the uh, spacing. Oh, Buckminster Fuller. That was a big thing that Bucky Fuller talked about, too, is this educational system is designed to, to wean you off of your created creativity, fit you into these rigid pathways of thinking and these laid out traditional pathways of how you advance through your career. Incidentally enough, a lot of those pathways were designed to create workers and, you know, cogs that could be could be placed into these different industries to keep it industries going was not necessarily all about using the brain and creativity and generalists of just creating this new space and whatever it may be. Anyway, point being, so so I think that that was a huge reason that this book would have been looked at as controversial because it does go against these major institutions, kind of touches on multiple third rails, so to speak, in in society. Something else I want to point out, I'm going to try to zoom in on this so you can see it. This is actually a Tim Ferriss, and I'm not sure if Tim Ferriss got this from someone else, but this is a, a way to annotate a book. And what you'll see is this is a book I really did a deep dive into and what you essentially do is in the front on a blank page somewhere, you basically everywhere that you find something that you want to be able to remember and go back to, I guess in Kindle, you can highlight it and then pull up your things. But you basically write the page number. And I think Tim Ferriss takes it one step further. He has 
some little shorthands for if it's a quote, he maybe puts a page number in a Q. And if it's a concept, he puts a C. If it's an idea, you know, anything he wants to remember. So he annotates it that way. And then when you come back to a book, instead of having to look through all the dog-eared little pages, like I have a bunch of dog ears, you can essentially just go down and you're like, oh, on page 130. So you pl flip to page 130 and let's see what I had marked on page 130. On page 130, I had marked contact the great storehouse of infinite intelligence, wherein is stored all that is, all that ever was, and all that can ever be. So that's fascinating. But that's a great way to annotate a book. There's also this idea out here, you know, we consume so many books. I don't know if I read uh, probably 20 or 30 books a year, maybe, but the, the Tim Ferriss and a number of others have said, hey, instead of reading 30 books and maybe remembering one thing about them, take the time to dive deep into one, two, three books a year, maybe, but dive really deep, study them, work through them, highlight them, digest the concepts. And that's a great idea, something if you're not doing so. This would be a good book to do that on. As I said, the audio book, I've listened to the audio book. It's good. I would say get the hard copy of the book and that way that you can kind of underline and highlight some of the different concepts. Again, this book was written in the 1930s. So the, some of the language used in there and in almost any book written in that era is a little, uh, what's the word? Not macho, but definitely male focus in the sense the language is kind of, you know, men go out and work, women are at home, very divided in that sense. So understand that that was written in the 1930s. That was a different time period. So I'm not condoning anything or, or, or the concepts in there as such as it relates to this masculine, feminine, stereotypical role breakdown. That's not at all, but just, just set the language aside, read it for the bigger concepts learn about drifting, understand how drifting may be affecting your life now. Think about where in your life you're drifting. And it talks about solutions to, to kind of break out of this. It's a really fun book. As like you can see, I, I think this is fantastic. And it's something that, you know, Napoleon Hill has this name, personal growth, thinking grow rich, blah, blah, blah. And maybe they've been pigeonholed a bit, but this book, I don't think it ever got its due. Highly recommend it. So check it out. So that's number four, Outwitting the Devil. I'm going to link all these in the show notes as well. Number five. Number five is something near and dear to my heart. It's another book. Surprise, surprise. But this, I'm going to recommend the audio version of this book. It's read by the author. Number five is the book, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, Liz Gilbert, Liz. You know, I wish I knew her on her first name basis, Liz. Ah, she's one of my, I was thinking about this. She's one of these people I would love to have on the podcast, Liz, if you're listening. You can see we have an amazing studio. Anytime you want to come on, I would I will always have you on. I would love it. But she's one of those people, I would love to have a long road trip with Liz Gilbert, just to sit in a car and just talk and see where it goes with the countryside, driving, just wafting by as we have these great conversations and listen to music and just have time and space to really chat. I mean, she's had an amazing life. Now, I'll be honest. I eat, pray, love. I read the book. I watched the movie. How can you not watch that movie? That's a fantastic movie. Like that. I have 
tried to read a couple of her other books. They're, I guess it's the subject matter, I'm not sure. Great writing style. But this book, Big Magic, this is all about tapping into your, how you tap into your own creativity, understanding creativity, understanding the muse, where do stories and ideas come from? It's just fantastic. And her life experiences, oh, back to my road trip. The reason I would love to be on a road trip with Liz Gilbert is she has done so many different things. It's one of those one of those folks, you just you look at the the breadth of what they've done, all the life experiences that she's had, almost like different lives in a sense, in terms of how she grew up and then I mean she has a lot has had a long writing career. E Prela blew up. I mean, she even admits this. It's gonna be hard to ever have another book that sells as many copies or as popular as a single writer. And so how do you deal with that early in your career and just to see what she's producing? Amazing, amazing content. And if you've never heard her on a podcast or watched any of her videos, unbelievable speaker, super engaging, extremely charismatic. We actually, my wife and I, uh, Christy and I went and saw her live in Denver when she came and spoke there. Huge auditorium. And it was absolutely riveting. I mean, you could have, as she's on stage speaking to thousands, you could you could have heard a pin drop. I mean, everyone was just locked in like she was talking just to you. It was, she's an amazing speaker. So check her out. But Big Magic. Now, the reason I love this book is, as I said before, when I was talking about Stephen King's book, I'm always fascinated by writing and creativity and understanding how how different people think about these things and do these things. And so Big magic to me is whenever I need inspiration or I'm down on myself, I'm not feeling great about either what I'm producing or I can't, for whatever reason, get started. I'm in a, I'm in a slump, not a writer's block, just a slump. Sometimes you you get that activation energy to get going. And Liz Gilbert is the person that I go to put in my earphones, get on my bike or go for a walk. And I listen to big magic and she just, soothes my soul, warms my heart to hear her tell her stories and talk about her process of writing. And, oh, she's just so relatable. She's, she's, I mean, she's the best friend that you want if you're the creative type. And, you know, you need somebody to pat you on the back. You need somebody to kick you in the ass occasionally. You need somebody to say, hey, I've been there. You need someone to say, you're not working hard enough. This is how it works. You need someone to say, sure, the muse, the ideas." They don't all come from within, right? They're these, they're these little nuggets out there. They're these muses. They're, in, they're individual beings that want to be expressed in the world, and they're coming to you so that they can come through you, and together you co-create this stuff. But they're only going to show up for so long, and if you don't grab, grab hold of them and sit down at your desk and write with them and allow that to come through, then they're going to go out in the world and look for somebody else. So it's, it's inspirational. It's supportive. It's inspiring. I guess inspiring and inspirational, same root word. You get my point. So Big Magic is one that I come back to all the time. I highly recommend it. Get the audio version. As I said, I had a paperback, a hard cup, you know, hard paperback book as well. And uh, I just like to hear, I like to hear Liz's voice. I like to hear her talking like she's just talking to me and we're just having a chat. And so that's why I think on this one, the audio is the way to go. I don't specifically remember. I don't think there's exercises or anything in there that you need to do. So maybe not a huge benefit to having the hard copy. Get the audio 
go from there. You're going to love it. And check out Liz Gilbert other places. She's done a number of great interviews with with uh, typical podcast heavy hitters and the non-typical podcast heavy hitters. So depending on which podcast you like and listen to, you're going to find her. Go to Spotify, Google, or not Google, but go to Spotify, search Liz Gilbert, and you'll see a bunch of different podcasts that she's been on. And, and listen to those. And it's fascinating. Okay, that is five. Hopefully, that's, look, five. Hopefully, I mean, that would be 10. Let's just do five or five. Five that you probably have not heard of before. I mean, you've probably heard of, but maybe weren't top of mind because they're not the top 20, 23 hit list kind of thing. But those are things that I find fascinating that I wanted to share with you. So delve into them for 2024. Maybe that's something to do. I would recommend sometime sit down with you. If you got a spare hour and a half or so looking for something to do over the next few days, listen to that On Being episode with John O'Donohue. It will warm your soul. He's an amazing storyteller. It literally will make you think about the world, look at the world differently, look at music and poetry and just creativity differently. It'll be, I dare say, maybe one of the best hour and a half that you spent, especially if you're sitting by a fire, maybe a nice Irish whiskey or a pint of Guinness in your hand, or as I said, a nice cup of tea. Any of those, you'll love it. Okay, there are the five but. I know you're going to be excited about this bonus. I'm going to throw in a bonus number six. Am I even going to call it number six? I'm just going to call it a bonus, a sleeper. If you've stayed on this far, here's one for you. Another book slash person that I really, really enjoy. This little book, it's, just, it's not a big book. It's pretty thin. You can sit down and read this in a couple of hours. The Lion Tracker's Guide to Life by Boyd Vardy. Now, Boyd, I can, I'm just going to read you the little blurb on the back because that'll probably be better than me trying to summarize who's. He is a certified master life coach, author, and TED speaker, runs retreats that merge tracking, coaching, and storytelling into experiential learning events at Londa Losey Game Reserve in South Africa, the sanctuary where he was born and raised. This book, I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, Boyd, I'm not a huge fan of your little blurb here. I apologize because you are so much more than that. And um, yeah, you're way more than that, man. And this book, this book sums it up. This book, it's about tracking lions, obviously. I mean, it's pretty obvious based on the title, but he rolls tracking lions into a metaphor for kind of finding purpose, finding direction, finding meaning in life and does it in an amazing way. As I said, it's a short book, great read. Even better, what I would recommend, this is another great one, audiobook. Boyd has a, he's a very engaging speaker. I mean, I find his accent, who doesn't love a nice accent? He has the, the South African accent. He does imitations of different animals as he's talking about and tracking. So him reading this audiobook, fantastic. I've gifted this book. Actually, Chrissy and I both have gifted this book numerous times to numerous folks. Everyone really enjoys it. The cool thing about having the written version, though, it's great to listen to. If, if you have the hard copy version, one thing that you're going to like, there's definitely spots in here to highlight. You'll find some little keyword, uh, key thoughts, ideas, takeaways. That's why I like to have a hard copy because I like to be able to underline and, and annotate like I showed you in Outwitting the Devil. Those, the, the, that, and I love to have it on the shelf. I mean, I have the audiobooks. I go back and listen to them. But having this on your shelf, sometimes I, 
this maybe it's just me. I'll have I'll literally have five or ten books on my bedside stand, and just depending on my mood or what I'm feeling, I'll just pick up. I've read them all before, but I'll pick up one and flip it open and just start reading somewhere. And and so what I think that allows you to do is is pick up these bits of inspiration that you maybe have forgotten. Sometimes it can just be the universe. If you're if you're into this, and and I'm 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 becoming much more and more into this is. The universe will put right in front of you what you need at that moment. So, so there's there's this great thing is you have a number of books around. You just you pick up one, and uh, you know, you just randomly flip it open, and there will be something in there. You'll you'll read a page and you'll be like, oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear. I was thinking about this thing and I didn't know how to do it. There's the advice I needed. There's the tidbit I needed. There's the encouragement I needed. That's the beauty of having the hard copies around of books and then listening to them, having, having that person in your ear, it's essentially like mental telepathy. I mean, those words that they're recording could have been years ago in both those books. They were recorded years ago, but when you put them in, you're listening to them. It's like you're having that conversation right then. It's, it's telepathy. It's amazing. Anyway, that's my sleeper. Number six, you got the bonus Lion Tracker's Guide to Life, Boyd Vardy. I'll add it to the show notes. Okay, folks, episode eight. This was a little diversion. I thought this would be fun to have something different. Top five for 2023. We're going to pick up episode nine with going into another chapter of the being equation, but this was just a fun one. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for being here and I wish you a great 2024. Two more to drop to hit my goal of 10 podcast episodes for 2023. I think we're going to get there. This is number eight. Anyway, be well, keep rolling. I'm going to do with my hand. I got to figure out what to do with. What do you guys think I should do with the hands when I say keep rolling? You want a thumbs up? Keep rolling. Or how about this? Keep rolling. Yeah, I think I just feel like that. What would, what would Rich Roll do? Or what would, I don't know. I got to just, I'm just me, man. So I'm just going to give you the thumbs up. I got the hitchhiker thumb and everything. Can you do that? Keep rolling, friends.